0: September two, twenty twenty two. It's a lot for Pedro show.
1: Well, if we have time, I, well, yeah, I like to see some of the temples, and uh, I like to, uh, I like to hear some uh, Japanese music. You know, some of the classical. What is this instrument? The, or the koto. Koto. I like to hear some, some of this. And, hmm. I'd like to maybe go to some rural areas ah. to see some of the traditional...
2: Yeah. You mentioned one thing, the koto.
1: Koto, yeah. mm.
2: uh, Roland Koch, uh, stopped in Japan and bought the uh, Nagoya chalmera, is that correct? Mm.
3: Nagoya Nago- maybe Nago-
2: chalmera. Nagoya chalmera, that sort of uh, fruit is that correct? Um, like oboe Obo. Obo. yeah
1: he bought one yeah i want to go to the music store and see what i can what i can find you know i see this is the album that dropping at the tv <laughs> yeah I
2: well anyhow well.
1: those are the things yeah. i like to do well, 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 well hello <laughs> and uh, thank you and we're glad to be here and we hope to see you and play for you uh
4: that song doesn't have name. That's a new song. I've been playing it for like a year. Still new. If there's anybody here who doesn't know me, um, um, probably not that many of you. My name is Eli Winter. Um, I've got a record coming out in May. It's my first.
3: Woo. Woo.
4: Woo. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. And it's called The Time to Come. And if you want a copy of it, um, let me know after. This is the title track.
0: Pedro, Show. Happy Friday. Mute that. 21 years, three months of doing the show, and I'm still fucking blowing clams like that. Uh, yeah, you can't have a monitor on, people. You can get feedback. We started off the show, John Coltrane, 1966 in Tokyo, talking about what he'd like to do there in Japan. He got to do one Japanese tour. And then Eli Winter with... <laughs> Banner, I mean, this is descriptive title of the tune, Banner Metroplex. I can imagine it was probably some on-stage banner at a pad called Metroplex. And by the wonders of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me, Eli Winter. Welcome aboard, Eli.
4: Hey, thank you so much, man. It's, it's a thrill to talk with you. Man.
0: Well, last time we talked, it was in person. And we were sharing a stage at Empty Bottle in your town.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was
0: lovely. <laughs> and, in fact, I was solicited by Mr. Eli Winter to be on the show. And really, you guys were great. I was uh, I you. was with uh, Mainstream Stop Val, Mike with, uh Steve Hodges on drugs and... Uh, First time I ever played Empty Bottle. Man, was it windy that night? Or that day? It blew the fucking hatch off the boat. But Uh, look, enough about what? Let's get into your journey through music, Eli. Please bring your earliest musical memory. Yeah, man,
4: I remember... um, So I'm I'm from Houston, Texas. You can maybe hear it in my voice. And um, I um, remembered. you know dancing in, the, living, in like the, the small living room. My, my, I actually grew up in the same neighborhood in Houston that my dad grew up in. Um, his dad built a house on the G.I. Bill, if I remember correctly. G.I.
0: Bill, uh, John Coltrane, that's how he bought his first house. Oh, if I remember the neighborhoods in Houston, they're like awards, right?
4: Yeah, there's some awards, and then there's some, um, there's some neighborhood cities that are like, their own separate cities, but they function as neighborhoods. And I grew up in one of those called West University Place. Okay. Shaped like, literally. There's an artist House.
0: one in the middle, right? Called Montrose.
4: Yes. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, yeah. But in some ways, Houston is like SoCal. I'll spread out shit. <laughs> <laughs> So your pop, your first music memories are of your, your, your pop. Okay. Now, what about in the pad you grew up there? Was there instruments? Yeah,
4: my parents both grew up playing music. My dad is like a self-taught guitarist, um, did like uh, Jewish song-leading things at synagogue. And my mom um, played flute. Was he canner? Football. No, uh, like a lit leader there.
0: Yeah, you know, I, t- I talk to people about that movie, The Jazz Singer. And like, people don't yeah. know what canners are. <laughs> like, right? He, wa- His daddy was one, so he wanted his boy but then, hey, we're in the new world now. I want to be a jazz singer, which in those days, if you know Nick Tosh's book on the twisted roots of country and rock, uh, yeah, minstrel, the shit of wearing blackface and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so trippy. And I, I think it's one of the, the first really popular talks. So uh, what would your mom play? She played a uh, Fruit and Piccolo. Okay, so and so, did they, you ever was, jump on any of those instruments? Maybe the guitar, or maybe you jumped on the piccolo.
4: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was, um, well, that that's all to say that um, you know, for my twin brother and me, you know, playing music was always um, it was like a fact of life. You know, we were we were made to learn piano. You know, in elementary school, and um, I played clarinet in middle school. Um, and so I was learning with these classical frameworks um, without really having an appreciation for classical music, you know, and when I went to high school, you know, my high school didn't have a music program, which I was really thankful for because I didn't really click with marching band music. And, um, or choir. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I I mostly played instrumental guitar music in large part because I'm, um, I was a shy singer, um, for a long time. And now I just, um, for the time being anyway, I haven't really had much interest in, in singing myself, but, um, you know, I started playing guitar in high school I saw a couple guys um, just like shredding in like a kind of metal style on acoustics at lunch, and I thought, oh man, I'd like to try to do something like that. But I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeless with a pick. It's not a natural um, feeling for me, and so I gradually, you know, I started really seriously actively listening to music around that time in early high school. I was trying to learn, um, you know, music by Pavement and Sonic Youth and such. Um, well, what was but the first I record? Able to, you know, what was
0: the first record you bought with your own money?
4: First record I bought with my money, I think, was a Robert Johnson uh, compilation.
0: Wow, um, he, he didn't do many recordings. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, he did not do. You know, I think that that's probably all of them, right? But God, as a young person to get into Robert Johnson, that's pretty bitching. Now, you know, Houston, oh, you. Uh, Lightning Hopkins, right? Yeah. Incredible guitar. Lightning music. Hopkins. There's a gig. You ever listen to it? There was a gig I read about with John Coltrane and Lightning Hopkins was on the same bill. And wow. John Coltrane, had, you know, he'd been playing blues, you know, his way. I was, and he was blown away by Lightning Hopkins. Yeah, Elvin Jones yeah. and McCoy Tyner talks about it. He says, yeah, he just couldn't take his eyes off him. The performance just like enraptured him. He never saw blues done like that and you know he's hamlet north carolina high point and you know he and then jazz and all that stuff learned his way but he never knew about that you know lightning hopkins way and it just shows you about a, a musician with an open mind you know yeah
4: well i would never have guessed there to share
0: the bill i know well <laughs> you know there was more creative billing in the old days uh they put all kinds of uh, different kinds of acts, which I think is really healthy. Yes. So stupid this genre shit. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, watching those guys at school really inspired you. Yeah, I mean,
4: I'm, I'm, I don't quite have words for it. Even it was just some kind of like intangible. Of course, it's intangible. Some kind of like génie saqué something or other about that that really, it just left a really strong impression. I think in part just because, you know,
3: um,
4: so much of, um, playing guitar, I'd associated with either like, um, I'd associated with either, you know, working from a formal idiom, you know, you're learning classical or jazz guitar or something, or just as like a, a vehicle for singing. And I never, and i never thought about it, never realized that, um, you could play um, guitar by itself without those, um, like, for, without having formal training informing how you play, and that would be all you need, you know?
0: You know, there's a guy we were talking about, Montrose, and I remember uh, I got to do two gigs with the, he called himself the representative of Corwood in Oh, Jenny? <laughs> oh, wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> that way of playing guitar, right? <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, he, we, we, he didn't talk about what we were going to do, right? That's all that yeah. provides. And, like, he, there's a young man on the drums. He goes, maybe you want to do, like, Cream. <laughs> and he didn't know about Cream, right? It's, yeah, maybe my dad knows that band. <laughs> and then that, that's when I thought, oh, you want me to do Jack Bruce? And it, this was, like, moments before we go on stage. <laughs> oh, man, it, it was beautiful, though. He had a, a really good heart, a good spirit. Was that at uh, a Free Press SummerFest? Well, no, no. This one, this first one was in actually Irvine, oh. Orange County, California. Whoa. Yeah, and then yeah. the second one was at a festival, and that that, that was a different drummer. Uh, I think his name is David Gonzalez, a Dallas cat, True. and his daddy actually was from free jazz scene, uh, a Caravan of Dreams, right? Ornette Coleman, and yeah. But anyway. Beautiful, beautiful. But this idea that, that the guitar, yeah. Because, yeah, we get taught about things the way they're supposed to be, and then you take them into your own hands, and it becomes, well, kind of like a pocket knife, right? The art really ain't in the knife. It's what's going to be carved with the knife. hmm Yeah. Here, Eli, I want to play uh, for a Chisos Bluebonnet.
3: hmm
0: Okay. For Pivo, show that truck to me. Music start off with Eli Winter for Chisos Blue Bomb. Then Bomb is Brendan after that. In the end, there's the beginning. Bob Pollard, Dayton, Ohio, Miles Under the skid. Maxine Funk, South Dunedin, Glasgow. 106, this is Side project, with Few. Soraday Jubun. Coming SI for fucked on lame pronunciation. Uh, Wharf Rats in the Moonlight from Mamalik. Dia Aches. Oh, yes. It's a new compilation. 80s cassette scene. In fact, they have a tune from Al Margolis, If Bawana. Tiny Bladders. Then Wolfgang Wiggers. Slightly mental, but those three are from this cop. Uh, there was a DIY scene in the '80s. I mean, it turned into CD, I think, in the '90s. But these guys mailing each other musics, you know. Uh, parallel universe, very interesting. Uh, finally, Eli Winter. This time, Julianne la- landed softly. So, what, what, what was your first guitar? Was it acoustic? Yeah, man, the first
4: the first guitar. I didn't even remember. It. It was like a classical, like a nylon string nylon starter
0: string. guitar? Yeah, yeah, like Spanish style, right? Yeah, yeah and then I got a... Um... Dee Boone played one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You can hear him on Double Nickels, right? That song, uh, Cohesion. He yeah. T- had a solo song, and he's doing like a flamenco, La Linda, I think. It's a version of La Linda. Sure. It's a flamenco tune. And huh. and Dee Boone, because uh, the guy who taught him, Roy Mendez Lopez, he didn't wasn't really into picks. He put like glue on his fingernails and shit. You know, the you, flamenco is a big thing about using your fingers as your nails as picks. And yeah. then rapping on the, the, on the guitars, uh, soundboard as like a drum. It's really, yeah. a really rhythmic kind of thing. The cats playing with you or clapping their hands and stuff. It's usually family members. I saw some in Seville. Incredible flamenco gig, uh, really, Kano, no no, PA or anything. It was kind of like their version of the blues. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. This guy was singing about Cordoba's palms, you know, raised to heaven and stuff. Okay, okay, so are you man alone, to, or do you go for lessons?
4: Uh, I'm self-taught, that's
0: what you mean. Yeah, well, some guys, right, uh, sometimes it's a deal like the we'll get you that guitar if you take lessons or, you know, something like this. And, uh, oh, sure, sure. Or, or then yeah, some no. cats are like, yeah, you know, I'm going to teach myself.
4: Yeah. I, I, I was offered lessons every so often, but I never really wanted to take them. You
0: know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and you're a little, it's later in high school, right? So you don't really get into the garage band, basement band, bedroom band after school, you know, afternoon time. Yeah, no, not really. I would like,
4: I would mostly just you know be practicing in my room. You yeah, know, man alone.
0: I, That's why I meant by man alone. Totally. Oh, so, sure, sure, sure. And and what about uh, material? Do you start composing? Or are you trying to copy off rec? Me and D Boom, we learned by copying off records. You know. I
4: guess I was I guess I was copying off records for a while. You know, I would I would play these when I first started playing shows in in Houston. Um, Houston just doesn't have a lot of. Um, uh, at least as far as DIY infrastructure goes, I didn't even know um, how to hook in with that kind of thing, and so I, I would. What? Well, tell me these, about like, your first gig. Yeah. Oh, it was at this uh, this like oh, it's really hard to describe. It's this place called Super Happy Funland. <laughs> it's got uh, like it's like so densely packed with random knickknacks there's like a wall full of Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls behind the bar there's a there's a water cooler with skeletons on top of it a lot of kids they have like old movie theater seats and um they have like these really old ratty maybe they're not ratty but they have these old couches that are ringed around like a kind of like makeshift dance floor in front of the stage it's a really really weird room and um I played that show and
0: you know actually, you know about yeah. Rudyard's right
4: yeah, Rudyers I've never actually played a Okay, but so it is a
0: trippy place. Sure. So maybe Houston's yeah, into this stuff. I like it. So yeah. the, so so. don't let me stop you, go on.
4: No, you're good. Yeah. Uh you know, that first show was typical and that like I would I would play a bunch of other people's songs and try to not mention that in case, you know, ASC in case the venue would get mad or something about ASCAP or what have you. But um <laughs> You know, I, I, I like would play a song or two of my own here and there too, but I didn't really start seriously feeling like I. No, we're talking about the, the first big. gig, right? Yeah, for sure. I just didn't. You know, it took me years to feel like I'd written a, a guitar song that felt like mine. You know? So
0: your first gig was mainly copy songs.
4: Pretty much, yeah. There's actually
0: YouTube videos of it. No, uh, me and D Boone did that one. Really. So yeah. it's documented. <laughs> yes, <laughs> luckily you are safe. Yeah. It's crazy. And what, what, what? What's your decision? Was it a success or was it, it was a pants Right, scary. Uh you know, I,
4: I, it's a totally unnatural thing for me to to present music for people to talk to people on stage. So you know, it's a success, I guess, in that or would have been a success, and that I just managed to do it. But like I didn't Get really through have, it, get through it, right. Yeah, now. I didn't really have, you know, um, I don't know, there were, you know, plenty of models, you know, sort of adjacent to that kind of thing that I didn't really know very many people or out very many people who were um, making that kind of music. That label that put my record out, Three Loads, um, has put out a bunch of really amazing examples of, like, you Dude, know, you told me about Three clear.
0: Lobe was uh, Petra Hayden. Oh, sick. Yeah, Pet thinks yeah. that, you know, me and Petra make this opera with Charlie Plymel's uh, libretto. Uh, sure. She's saying that's the label that we should put this record out on. What a trip. Ha! Life is weird. Coincidences. <laughs> is... <laughs> what a trip. So, can you remember the first song you wrote, Eli?
4: First song I wrote, yeah, was, I don't remember the name, but it was like a minute-long piano thing. You know, two fingers, not like chopsticks exactly, but like with a similar toolkit. Um, I wrote it, I, I had some kind of like makeshift notation for it, but I was in first grade, I don't, I can sort of play it. Ah, so you are writing songs way back. Oh, yeah, I would, write, I would write songs in my head a lot of the time. I'd ah, but when it came open. to
0: this gig... You didn't want to use your own. You wanted to use other people. Big... Okay, okay. See, because yeah. we didn't have that option. We just had copying. I wrote one song as a teenager. Yeah, just one. Fu- it was called Mr. Bass, King of Outer Space or some shit. It was about doing a bass solo and blowing the rest of the band off. Yeah, I obviously, I <laughs> had problems with <laughs> insecurity. But but you you actually had an original songwriting thing going, parallel, and also on another machine, on a piano, not a guitar.
4: Yeah, and I would write I would write songs um, I would I would write songs in a like composition notebook and and I would write songs in my head sometimes too and just run them through you know in the middle you know like if I was bored in class or something it'd be easy enough to kind of flip, turn the radio on so to speak but um, that was all you know like music with the I was envisioning all that music as band music for the most part, and music with words and stuff. I didn't really have the ability to to realize. I didn't know people who I could play music with. Um, I
0: was yeah, because you're still man alone, right? You're not thinking ensemble yeah. yet. Yeah, right.
4: Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I didn't even tell people, you know, about wanting to play music. I didn't think it was something I could really conceivably do. And so that instrumental guitar music, you know, that Three Loops, you know, and yeah. other places have put out, you know, that was really um, a, a, a game-changer, you know?
0: Well, did just, you have Did you have some inspiration? Yeah. John Fahey um, or, you know, some kind of trip like that?
4: Jack Rose, for the most part, you know? Oh, okay. Jack Rose, Daniel Bachman. Daniel's, like, the closest thing I have to a hero. His stuff is totally incredible. And, um, I mean, there, there was so much other music that was really, you know, one way or another was rubbing off. I mean, you know... The Minutemen, of course, or any number of Debut. bands that kind of same. Totally, yeah. George I mean, Early. just the model—the model of like not, the model of just like being able to present music as yourself and you know tore your asses off and um, like not needing um, what could maybe present as a pretense, like a costume or something. That was really. Um, inspiring to, to run across. You know, oh, that I would have run across this sort of thing in high school.
0: That, that's beautiful. I mean, of course, D-Boom would have loved to hear something like that. Oh, thanks, D-Boom. man. He would have loved to hear something like that, because he wanted to be, you know, a force for good with music. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. of September 2, 2022. Dishwap Pedro show special guest, Eli Winter. Hold tight for hour two! September 2, 2022. It's the second hour of the Wat for Pedro show.
2: I'll tell him, take a hike Baby, come back home Baby, come back home Baby, come back home I'll tell my little girlfriend That we're over, finished, done And I'll get back your dress I gave her that cute little purple one And those naked pictures of me and her I'll burn them, baby, I swear And I'll never again say I prefer the way she wears her hair baby come back home baby come back home baby come back home the money that you loaned me i'll repay it every cent. and your dog i'm supposed to take care of i'll find out where he went and that precious family heirloom of your grandma's that i sold i'll get it back but But sincere So come back home And on your way Just do one thing here Pick up some frozen pizzas Two six-packs of beer Baby, come back home Baby, come back
0: Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Eli Winter. No fear. Then Sam Bennett. Baby, come back home. Cernazuk. Prateme. Yeah, my uh, servo creation ain't that good. (laughs) Like all the other languages I fuck (laughs) up. So I apologize people, please. Northern job, Brand new. Sparrow in a Swallow's Nest. Hot Pursuit of Happiness. This is Totem's new project. La vida es. Yeah, it's been your night. Too bad, a little bit. And then finally, Eli Winter. Brain on ice. So, how long are you still in Houston? Uh, I was in Houston until
4: uh, 2016, and then I went to college and never looked back.
0: Okay, so, okay. Because up to that time, you're doing Houston gigs, right? Yeah, yeah, Houston. Uh oh man. Farmers
4: market, you know, art galleries. Yeah. Uh that kind of thing.
0: I think uh the representative from Corwood Industry took me to a place in the third ward called the Silver Slipper, where the cat who owned the club was also the band leader. Oh man, that it was like r and B place. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what I've I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, it was I've heard it's incredible,
4: but I've never I haven't been.
0: It, and we were eating fried chicken And it was just beautiful It was a fucking righteous time Okay, so yeah. you think uh, the school thing You leave, right? Okay mm-hmm. And relocate Relocate to Chicago yeah. yeah Which which uh, we gotta remind people Because I think people just think New York City, Los Angeles East Coast, West Coast But the, the, the other big town is in the middle Big shoulders, Chicago, people And you got to kind of live out there to know that that's the big town and that's where people go. It's not like everybody wants to go to Los Angeles or New York. Sometimes big shoulders. And so, and there's a lot of people to play with, right? Yeah, there's a lot of people to play with. There's a lot of, like,
4: independent music infrastructure, a lot of independent venues, a lot of, like, promoters who are into, um, like, jazz and, like, experimental music and Book music and and you know all, all sorts of things that like pretty much disregards genre as far as I understand it and that's a yeah. huge part of what um, made Chicago appeal to us you know was that sense you of, know like, who,
0: who started getting the music go- going in Chicago was Son Ra, right he's from yeah. like, Birmingham Alabama and he goes up there and he's Fletcher Henderson's band and playing strip clubs and whatever but he learns his chops it's good music town. Jo- I'm, you know, reading these books on John Coltrane. They always love playing there. And, uh, yeah, great music town. So what do you do when you first get there, music-wise?
4: Music-wise, I was just playing. as The first year I was there, I was just trying to play as many shows as I could, you know? Man Problem alone, right? Band. Yeah, man alone. You know, sometimes I do, uh, like... And, and I was actually, at that time, I was living kind of near where Sun Ra was playing, I think, on the south side. That's right. Um, Like 60th Street, that was where I was for a while. And so I would White, go across White Sox, across people, not,
0: not Cubs, but White Sox. Yeah, yeah. And I
4: would go across town, you know, sometimes like two times in three days or something, you know, to play like a DIY show and get like 30 bucks or something, yeah. take my guitar on the train, that sort of thing. Yeah. It was great. I mean, it was like getting my feet wet in the ways that I was, in the ways that, I think, one would want, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And and now, when we played, you were with other guys. Yeah. When did that start happening?
4: That band, uh,
0: I think they were, I forget how they were built. Mutual Quintet, maybe? Um, Well, it it had a usual lineup, but it had to be different for that night. Yes, yeah. That was actually a a one-off
4: band that, I have these friends in, in this incredible band, Mute Dude, um, Sam Waxter, of course, he plays pedal steel with me and he plays pedal steel with them and with all sorts of other folks. And that band is like a, a kind of experimental rock band with pedal steel and drums as like the main instruments. But they also do these um, like special one-off gigs where they'll like bring other people on to play with them and just improvise. And that was the first time I got, I think that was the first time I'd gotten to play with them. I'd seen him a bunch of times. But um, that I think was the conceit for that show. It was like an improvising gig with those guys. Flute, upright, no, fruit, fruit, flute, fretless bass, guitar, right. Uh, drums.
0: Right. Look, yeah. I want to play Sweet Chump Change. <laughs> <laughs> Not for Pedro Show that chunk of music, you start off Eli Winter doing sweet jump change. Mole Omen out of uh, Baltimore after that with Ponce de Neon. Ponce de Neon? Mm. Yeah, like Ponce de Oh, yeah, that Conquistador. Right. Ponce de right He was looking for the Fountain of Youth, I think, in Florida. Uh, Miriam. Uh, General. After that, uh, from Quebec, huh? say dans le vues pays. Yeah, fucked up French there too. Sorry, pardon. My hard on. And then finally, Eli Winter, raw food. Best guy. <laughs> so, so okay. So that. Well, let's let's between two thousand sixteen. And then that gig, I played with you back in April. What happens to you musically? Musically,
4: you know, um, I I started, you know, properly being able to tour, i go on tour, like on breaks from school, summer, winter, just try to play as many shows as I could outside of town. And I also just started playing with um, people like Sam, people like Tyler Damon, who plays drums with me. They're both dear friends. Um, started collaborating with more and more people. I, m- I met Cameron Noller. Um, he's one of my best friends, and this incredible guitarist, multi instrumentalist. And, multi-instrumentalist and um, getting to start to play with all with people like that, and start, um, you know, expanding the this trying to I think unconsciously expand the scope of the music I was working on. Um, that and, and, and touring, I think, is you know those are kind of the main the main things I would have been doing, you know, unconsciously or
0: not. A few, few albums.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, records just as a function of all that, you know, I had a,
0: Oh, you mean you put out records like kind of like flyers for the tour. That's a minute memoir like that.
4: Yeah. I think, I think uh, it's, it's, um, every, everything is connected and each one thing can in some way. I know, but I think in older things. days
0: it was more about, Oh, you do gigs to promote records. Yes, I think by the time we come on, right, it's we it's backwards, right, <laughs> right. We put, out, we put out records to like tell people about the gigs. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty uh, repurposed a little bit, but you yeah. know, if you think about it, the idea of putting a, a music on a medium to sell is only like a hundred years. Most yeah. m- most music had to be performed, and it, we've kind of gone back to that. So, OK, so was it you had uh, several strains going. So you were like still man alone. But then you would collaborate with these guys. But they weren't like solid bands. they not quite,
4: yeah. you know, like I'd improvise with Sam or I'd improvise with Tyler. I'd play a duo gig with Cameron. Yeah. And um, those guys are all like um, those are those guys. I think it was like a kind of core band for what I do and I want a band. Which is, you know, by now it's like all the time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, just like bringing those component parts together over time, you know. Because Cameron isn't actually a Chicago guy. He's, um, well,
0: I was going to ask you nat- that. I bet you none yeah. of uh, these guys went to Chicago, like you, right? Yeah,
4: Sam, Sam and Tyler both went to Chicago to play music pretty much. But, but Cameron is, you know, a natural L.A. guy um, who I know from Houston. But Chicago is just not um, the spot for him in the same way that it is for me.
0: Okay. You know, a lot of the tortoise cats ended up here in SoCal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I think all of them except the yeah. baseman, right, Doug? Yeah. <laughs> that Jeff funny. and, yeah, jo- Johnny Machine and, well, yeah. I think uh, Mr. McIntyre went up to Portland, Oregon, but he was here for a little bit. Yeah, he had some sort of um, fire to his studio or something. Right, right. Shoot, Yeah. Incredible musicians, those, those guys. Uh, was, was Tortoise a big effect on you? You know, Tortoise, I, I know about more, like, kind of
4: adjacently. I think about, like, uh, do you know that uh, that Sam Precock record from, like, 97,
0: I think it is? I, I remember that asking Dose to put, uh, remix a song called Corn Pong. Huh. And uh, because they, they were two basses at one point. Yeah. You know, they've gone through, especially when Jeff, you know, they changed big time. They were a bunch of different things. I I, I just, uh, yeah, they got a great spirit, good, uh, uh, yeah, healthy kind of thing about music is music, you know. Yes. And uh, experiment, yeah. let the freak flag fly, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, love it. I love it. I love that. Uh, look, we're at the end of the second hour, September 2nd, 2022. This is Pedro Show special guest, Eli Winter. Hold tight for hour three. September 2nd, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs> Pedro show. Eli Winter. Start off third hour. Then teeth shreds tongue. Translations through computer. Rubber O. Cement. Bay Area there. Oaktown. And then Eli Winter with Unbecoming. So, Eli, tell me about these. But when we set up, like you asked me to be on the show and shit and I loved what you were doing and but it took a little while to get you on and in the meantime you made some records
3: mm-hmm.
0: well let, yeah. let's talk about
4: it. yeah had a self-titled record come out uh two weeks ago it's got kind of, uh, 11 other people on it
0: whoa that, yeah now, now that's different for you right that's yes. an ensemble yeah. and, be and, more and, and, and tell me about how did you get that together and did you write it specifically for that, or was it stuff you already had done and then you brought it to them? Uh, kind of neither, honestly. I
4: think I think it was, you know, Corey, who runs Three Threefold, it's a one-person label. Corey had um, asked me, "Hey, would you want to do a band record sometime?" And of course, you know, Corey says, "Jump, I say, how high?" <laughs> and so, um, you know, I had music that I'd already been thinking about, you know for whatever the next record might be but the band the band um using like a band as an organizing framework really helped it come together and um i would rehearse, rehearsed you know in duos and trios with tyler and my friend whitney johnson who plays viola on one song and um most of the music um was recorded like remotely people would send in overdubs after the fact but Uh, trading files yeah trading files but but sam and and Tyler and Whitney and I we all recorded as much as we could in studio um two days, which I found out is like uh maybe barely enough time. found out the hard way um but yeah you know there's there's voglehorn on it from the late jamie branch there's uh there's noise oh, I can't believe
0: that we've lost her, yeah, man you know she was on my show last year, no, I had no idea yeah wow, yeah man. yeah, incredible uh opportunity you know to learn from her her journey and not even 40. Yeah. So sad. So sad. But I'm so glad I got to, you know, through the Skype and uh, the radio show, I got to meet her. But you, you, I was going to ask, how did you pick the 11?
4: Uh, It was, a lot of it was just like, you know, hearing hearing a sound or imagining a sound and um, just asking whomever I would know to, play that sound I had, I had a couple hail marys you know i was pretty surprised that jamie was able to play um i needed a flugelhorn part in like a week <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> like it, it needed to be flugelhorn cornet; it couldn't be trumpet and
0: yeah more like, more more round more broad sound exactly yeah yeah, yeah.
4: not as harsh of an attack right, right and um yeah and you know like literally unbelievably she was down to do it and um you know, from the you know, what what from that point it was just like asking people, you know, like what can I pay you and how can I pay you? Some people didn't want anything. Some people wanted money. Some people wanted, you know, food. Food. Yeah, you know, Sam. Sam <laughs> and I went to the Michael Jordan Steakhouse.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs> really you had to give them a dinner.
0: No. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. A little barter rock, right? <laughs> Look, I want to play this. The, the time because, I mean these are some. Uh, you gave me a couple of live things. I want to play long tunes. <laughs> Thank you. Watch for Peevere Show. Last music for this edition. Eli Winter, live. The time to come. Then Shamlock Ward, Bob Buckle Jr. Out of Iowa, next door. Well, pertinent here, I guess... Yeah, there's Wisconsin in the way. No, no, maybe there is, because the (laughs) Quad City stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, The the Ashton brothers, too, they told me, what's the one with the D? Uh, Davenport? Davenport. They lived there for a little bit before they went to Ann Arbor as boys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Watts' memory, terrible. But uh, either I would become Ash, Eli Winter. Okay. Okay. So, who makes the record? Brian here. Okay, okay. And and, and and would you call yourself the producer?
4: Uh, Begrudgingly, yeah. Like no, this. it's
0: okay. And, yeah. In a way, it's I like taking responsibility. you know who to blame, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, it's just like I don't, it's, I, I and, you know, I, I guess I'd call myself that, but it's it's not, you know, to zoom out and horn about it. It's just because that's sort of, you well, know, what... Well, for had, example, I had, I,
0: I had a yeah. Sleepyhead on the show Last yeah. episode, okay, and the guy was talking about my producer. We got a new producer for this album, right? The produce, the producer, and, and for me, coming from the movement, even though we let you know Ethan James produce our stuff, it's just trippy about the oh, yeah. hearing that. But you know what? There's, remember Frank Morgan in the Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Oh, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. He was the dude behind the curtain, <laughs> <laughs> right? And he got there. Because the fucking balloon crashed, <laughs> the clown stunning <laughs> was the wizard. Yeah, okay. So you know, life is trippy like that. So I, that's why I asked you about that. So you got all these performances, you got all these, uh, you got all these people, different ways, but you connected them all together to aid and bet your tunes. And now it's time to mix. Uh, was it kind of the Steely Dan stuff where some dudes end up on the deck? I mean, not some dudes. I read that. Some dude gave me a Dan, but They'd have 35 l- guitars, and they're going to use one solo. <laughs> <laughs> so even these, like, top-notched dudes, right? They're on the deck. Was it like that for you? I don't know. You know,
4: okay. cause, just because a lot of, you know, a lot of the... I, I, I wasn't, you know, riding parts for people for the most part. I was just trying to, you know, you create them an sit- s- a Yeah, You stuff.
0: put them in a situation, right, see how they yeah, reacted. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's so great. That's one of mm-hmm. the reasons why I like writing songs on bass, because it's not, not much harmonic co- uh, content, so it gives your collaborator a lot of room. Right. And so what would you do? Did you make little demos? Yeah, I'd send demos around.
4: I'd um, rehearse with, like, the Chicago folks when I could. Um, and then for the, you know, for the overdubs, I would just send them, um, piece by piece. The, the thing is that Cameron Noller had specifically asked to have everything last. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, it was just, um, um,
0: people contributed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, but then at the end of the day, you're the shot caller. You put this painting together, right? Yes. All these colors and all these shades and pastels. And, uh, Kind of interesting, like almost a conductor. Sure. But you, you you you're capturing their performances from the situations you put them in. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a little bit when I made that wrestling record in the '90s, uh, Ball Hogger Tugboat. Yeah. You know, you, I, my thing was the theory was if the bass player knows the song, anybody can sing or play drums or guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but why not? It, it, it kind of is like what you did too, Eli. Thanks. Yeah, I guess so. But you had yet, you, you know what, how many people were on that? There record? was four yeah, it's a solo record Where's with forty eight dudes. Forty eight. <laughs> it's actually seventeen different bands. So so wow. what's next for you? Man, next I'm trying to, you know, rustle
4: up some tour dates for the fall. Next year I'll, I'll probably be coming through LA um I don't know when yet, but Probably the first... In what kind of mode? Are you going gig?
0: to be t- torn, Man Alone or with an ensemble?
4: Oh, man. Um, probably Man Alone, but if I can get enough good gigs, you know, maybe bring a band.
0: Okay, okay. And what about uh, tune... You know, when you get done with a record, right? I know you just put one out two weeks ago. But sometimes when you get done with the record, you're ready to fucking start on another one, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I, I've got a couple... Couple things in the pipeline. Cameron Noller and I are going to start working on a record of um, electric guitar duets.
5: Whoa! Okay.
4: We had a record of acoustic duets come out last year, and this one we're trying to um, we're trying to figure out how to like you know properly because the, the first the acoustic record you know we recorded it in like this in, most of it we recorded in this insane nine hour stretch, and this time we're trying to give ourselves time and space to really stretch out and you know properly um, allot time to compose and arrange stuff. Yeah. So I got to think about that. And I'm also starting to think about whatever the next record might be. But, you know, that's so far off from my mind, But I got to, I'm actually speaking of Miriam Gendron, actually playing a show with her
0: tomorrow. Quebec. I
3: yeah. i yeah.
0: been married to uh, Chapu, the guy who put out my Minuteman lyric book. Oh, wow. I had no idea <laughs> Everything's connected, so I'm trippy. close <laughs> wow. blows my fucking yeah. mind. I just <laughs> practiced with Brit and uh, David from uh, Slint, you know, and, Yeah, The connects, you know, even though these cats are, what, 12 years younger than me, it it, it blew my mind, blew my mind. Uh Uh, Yeah, we're doing Lance Bang's 50 uh, B-Day tomorrow. We're doing some old man, man, some songs they played in 40 years. (laughs) Even a T-Rex when we cut. Look, where can people find you on the internet?
4: Uh man, you can find me at my website, EliWinner.com. I'm okay, on people. all the social media I'm on. Eli dot
0: E-L-I-N-T-E-R. com because from there you can go to the yes, links sir. to all those commercial things. And yes, and, and your bank app, which is mm-hmm. where the music is. It's beautiful. Look, when you guys get this uh, next guitar thing done, and you get I want to see you play when you come to SoCal. But uh come back on the show, please, Eli. Anytime, man. Okay, happy brother. Okay, people, September 2nd, 2022, edition. What Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.